Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I am Quinn, your GM. With me today are Hannah. Hello, hello. I'm Hannah, and I play Max the Paradox. Tio. Why, hello. I am Tio. I play Claire Claremont, the Forgotten Vessel. And Kyle. Hi, I'm Kyle. I play <laughs> Duncan Oliver, the Vox. This is my new broadcast voice. <laughs> And distance. <laughs> I appreciate that you added both in there together. <laughs> this is the radio voice when you just sit back and yell at your microphone. But we really can bring it in here and have Ooh. a good little chat around our cozy fireplace this winter. Just a fireside chat. I love it. Just a fog watch chat. A <laughs> fog watch Ooh. chat. I love it. Far enough away where you can't hear the screaming. That's right. Yeah, you just have a nice little fire down by the beach and you watch the screaming fog in the distance. Yeah, and you just duck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it gets too close. Yeah, well, and the seagulls. Oh, yeah. Horrifying. <laughs> Monstrous. This might be a sidebar, but I know there was someone in the Discord who was like, I started season two and I don't know what's going on. This is weird. So I'm ready to amp that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we heard you, we're listening, <laughs> and we're just going to embrace it even more fully. <laughs> we heard you, message amplified. We are going to pick up with Max in the back alley market. Max, you are laying flat on your back, having sent the Klunkanax ski-daddling with Elodie's help with your pincer maneuver. Unfortunately, in the aftermath of that, Elodie went to help you up, and you phased through her, and she disappeared. Yep. Oops. Oops. Oops is right. It happens. <laughs> Better her than me, if we're going to be brutally honest. <laughs> so what is the status of our good friend Clunky? Yeah, so the Clunkanax took a blow from both you and Elodie, which dislodged a not insignificant amount of loose pogs and other mm -hmm. sundry valuables. Uh -huh. You know, when you had seen it initially in the marketplace, it was about the size of an elephant. Still quite large, but it did lose a little bit of heft, and it went hightailing it, ski-daddling out of the back alley market after the assault. I don't think that you can see it in your immediate vicinity. Can I hear it? Why don't you give me a roll to assess reality? Oh, my God. You're going to make me assess whether I can hear a giant trophy with the three of our faces that's huge because it's been eating money or things of value. You're going to make me roll to tell if I can hear it in the back market where things are very close to... Fine. Fucking <laughs> fine. 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 What's well, a fucking six? Fuck! On one dice, but on the, uh, no. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah, Max, unfortunately, I think the scene here is is still quite chaotic with the aftermath of this attack. There are people running and screaming. There's still sort of fallout damage that the Klunkanax caused after shocks as things crumble and, and fall over. And while I think you can hear a commotion in the distance, because of the way that the back alley is structured, is sort of non-Euclidean space where distance and geometry and gravity really don't sort of all play nice, I don't think you know where it has gone. Cool. How many exits are there from this area? This is... I'm not going to say it's like the central hub of the back alley because the back alley doesn't have that, but there's a lot 
there's a lot of different alleyways and sewer tunnels and stairways that branch off that, you know, lead to different areas. So there's dozens. Okay. I'm taking a look at the faction members and seeing if anybody there would be helpful. Uh, I already owe the underbelly a debt. Might an aid from community help me figure out where the clone connects is gone? Yeah, if you want to call for aid, let's talk about what that looks like. Okay. You're sort of in underbelly territory here. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for folks in your immediate area, I think that'll probably be the resources you can call on. If you want to like get out of here and, and start canvassing community, we can do that. What does this call for aid look like here? I'm going to exit this area and see if I can find a good place that I could invoke community to help me find the clunkin' axe. Definitely. So you start making your way out, and I think as you do, you hear a voice from behind you say, All right, where's the beast? I'm ready to take it down. Where is it? Point me at him. Oh, Jackie. Oh, Jackie. Jackie, Jackie, Jackie. I'm assuming she is fully armed with, like, tiny soldiers all over her, right? <laughs> yeah, so Jackie has a big shoulder-mounted cannon, and you can see there's a hopper. It's sort of the shape of a potato, kind of like mm -hmm. a lumpy, oblong sphere. Yeah. But when you look at it, it's like looking into a black hole. It's just uh -huh. like all of the light bends inward and swirls around. And Jackie's looking around, wild-eyed, waving the Notato cannon. Yeah, you can kind of see the Notatoes better if you're looking kind of out of the corner of your eye. Mm-hmm, yeah. Or, interestingly, at night. Jackie, I don't, I don't know where it went. I don't. She put whips down, the gun around and points. Put, <laughs> put, put down the note. No, 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 no! Please don't shoot me with a nitro oh. gun. Max, hey, it's already gone. I lost it. Damn it! It knocked me over. I was in hand-to-hand -hand combat with it, and it used a dirty trick and got away from me. If it had fought fairly, I surely would have felled that beast. Okay, all right, all right. I believe you, sweetheart. No need to worry about it. It's okay. <laughs> do, do you have a bandage? I'm a little scraped up. If, if you want, I can patch you up, but we, we're going to lose the, the trail, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Maybe grab something and we can just do a little bit of uh, triage in the field. But yeah, I don't know where it went. It knocked me down and then Elodie, um... Oh, was Elodie here? I don't know where she went. Like she ran off? No. More like she time jumped what was not intending to. You know. Oh. <laughs> feels a little familiar. That's uh. Unfortunate. Yeah. It's really too bad. Yeah, she's a little uh, turned up at the nose, but uh, she's good with that little ringy dig sword she's got. <laughs> ringy dig oh sword. Ah. <laughs> uh. But yeah, we got to figure, I don't know which way it went. Jackie, can you help me? Maybe you're on sploot and somebody is splooting about it or something. So Hannah, I think we could play this out as if you want to roll plus underbelly, like Jackie could ask around. Or if you and Jackie want to like head out and head up to not the surface, but Main Street and talk to some community folks. It just kind of depends on which faction you want to roll with here. You know, let's go. I, I I like the idea of owing more than one faction a debt because that seems like it would be fun for you, Quinn. Yeah, it's, it's a little more fun for me. So thank you for that. Yeah, let's get out of this part of town and see if we can find, I don't want to say more respectable folks, 
But like less shifty, less my people and more Duncan's people. Jackie kind of like looks around and surveys the damage and is like, I uh, I don't I don't know if anyone here is gonna be able to to help us. It it looks like the clunkin axe is already uh, taken the ground, so we uh, we got to get some eyes on the streets. Yeah, I agree. You may want to leave the toy soldiers behind, although, and I hold down my hand to like get one to kind of like you know come into my hand. Come on, little fella. Jerry, I think one of them was named Jerry. Uh, you can tell it's Jerry because he has a cool bandana that yes. he made for himself. And it says Jerry on it. <laughs> yeah, it says Jerry. It's really, it's a really small print, though. You really got to look. So you can tell all their names. They've been written on articles of clothing. <laughs> yeah, it's all bandanas. <laughs> it's all bandanas. Yep. Anyway, Jerry hops into your hand. All right, and I, I tuck him into my pocket. All right, let's go. You and Jackie. Jackie, I think, navigates you quickly out of the back alley and onto a main road. So when you want to call for aid, you seek mm-hmm. out specialized helper resources, choose an asset from the list below, and roll with that faction. So which okay. of community's assets are you interested in? I think means of communication. Cool. What does it look like as you seek out this aid? Are you headed to WSOM to put out a message? Are you talking to some sploot influencers? Are you headed to like the community center where you think some folks may have gathered? What, what does it look like narratively here? Let's let's go to the radio station that feels like a more direct contact with community and fewer people that Max has to talk to. <laughs> cool. So you head over to WSOM. I think Duncan's not there right now because he is out. So currently on air is one, parentheses number one, and parentheses, <laughs> Sebastian Strange. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, can we go in? Can we just like go in? to this radio station yeah there's no locks no yeah (laughs) it's empty it's a you know this very disorganized sort of disheveled foyer there's wires running everywhere they're connected to these crystals which are emitting strange twinkling lights and and glowing and humming it's very organized in a very specific sort of way okay max to you it looks disorganized (laughs) duncan and sebastian can find whatever Fair. End of list. (laughs) In the center of the room, there's a large, perfectly smooth stone, perfectly square, which chiseled on every side that you can see has the words WSOM, and it seems to be humming ever so faintly. In the back of this room, there is a, a glass panel, and you can see into the recording studio where Sebastian Strange is located. His stylish getup and his long ponytail. And you can see the on-air light is on, but when he notices you and Jackie come in, he holds up one finger, and then after a moment, he flips something, and the on-air light goes off. Okay. I dash in there excitedly. And do I know that this is Sebastian, or am I just like, oh, it's some dude in the radio station? If you've ever listened to WSOM... It's okay. It's Duncan and Sebastian. So by okay. process of elimination, I think you know it's Sebastian. Sebastian, have I got a news story for you? Hello. A- <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> WSOM. Um, thank you. Thank you, you for are um- most welcome. <laughs> Boy, I feel like I'm listening to a podcast. This is very sexy. He flips his hair and smiles and stares off into a corner. I look at the corner as well. Is there something in the corner? It doesn't look like it. It seems like he's just staring into nothing, almost as though he was looking at a camera that you can't see. 
And then turns back to you and Jackie and says, what can I do for the two of you? Well, we need your help. And I think with you helping us, I also have a news story for you. You know, it's a win-win situation. There's a creature in somewhere that is eating money and things of monetary value, which is like a large number of this is small, small things of monetary value. It overpowered me, but I need to know where it is so I can go and get it. Ah, uh, yes, the amalgamation. I witnessed the initial confrontation at the fundraiser. Oh, you were there. Oh, okay. I was. I saw your valiant efforts alongside Duncan Oliver. Yeah, it's gotten a lot bigger since then. Hmm. Like twice the size. Anyway, but I lost it. Can you help me find it? All right. Give me a roll to call for aid with community. Okay. I gotta ask, what is Jackie doing? Like, <laughs> I think Jackie knows Sebastian and is just like kind of laughing at him a little bit while also taking this opportunity to like snoop a little bit in the studio. <laughs> uh huh. So she's like uh-huh. quietly stepping away and like looking at some of the crystals <laughs> and like poking some of the wires. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's whatever I roll plus or minus what I have in my like little Correct. column. Yeah, your community rating. That's good. My community rating is a zero, and I rolled a seven. Okay. So on a hit, they will provide you what you need in exchange for a debt. So you will owe a debt to community. And on a seven to nine, they either demand payment up front, or they only have a lesser version of what you need. All right. What did you say your name was? Uh, It's Max. Max. Well, I'm happy to put out an all-call on the station for any information related to the, what did you call it, Clunkanax? Clunkanax, yep. uh... Any information related to the Clunkanax. However, Max, I will need you to do an exclusive interview with WSOM detailing your valiant efforts to bring this monetary monster, this creation of currency, into justice. Can you do that for me, Max? Sure. Fabulous. Like like right now? I think the interview will be better once you've subdued the creature. I agree. Yes. Okay. Excellent. Well, I look forward oh to our tell-all. Oh, yay. Okay. All right. Yep, it's going to be great fun. All right. Come with me into the booth. Post haste. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> All right. Jackie, don't take anything. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Starting now. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) You head into the booth. Sebastian flips on the on-air sign once again and says, Listeners, I am joined by a very special guest. Oh, my God. You know the one. The Traveler. I won't reveal her name at this moment, but she has gone face to face with the creature that stalks our streets. Its name is the Clunkanax. Hi, I'm Max. Uh, don't, don't go near it. Just, uh, just tell us where it is and don't give it any of your money, even if it asks really nicely. Yeah, keep all your money at home. Thanks. If you have seen the Clunkanax... Please call WSOM to let us know where our valiant hero should head next. 
This is Sebastian Strange signing off. And he flips off the on-air light. (laughs) (laughs) And the phones start to ring. And Sebastian gestures to you. Oh, oh, you want me to, oh, oh, you want, okay, okay. I pick up the phone. Ahoy, hoy, this is Max. You're looking for that clunkin' X? Sure am. Yeah, I was at the Sip and Spin Pottery Studio just minding my business, and it crashed through here about five minutes ago. I think it's somewhere on Main Street. I ran because I have a healthy sense of self-preservation, but if you hurry, you might be able to catch it. (laughs) Healthy sense of (laughs) (laughs) self-preservation. Okay, thank you, kind listener. I appreciate you giving us a ring. Thank you. Okay, bye. And I hang up. Claire Claremont. Sup? Claire, you successfully lured and trapped three librarians in the bathroom of the somewhere public library, but as you were throwing shut the door, one of them put a overlong bony finger up to their shadowed cowl and whispered, shh. And as you threatened a retort back to them, you realized that you had no ability to speak. The door slams shut, however, and you can hear banging on it, but I assume you bar it with something to prevent the librarians from escaping. Yeah, there's a ginormous plaque that gives all the names of the people who donated to the library. I pry it off the wall and I bar the door with it. And then right after I do that, I take a selfie. The only way I know how to describe this face is the neener, 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 where you're like, your tongue is out (laughs) and you're like, you have your hands up on either side of your ears and you're like, that thing. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Classy. I do that and I splute it to the librarians. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, I, I regret to inform you that the librarians are not on splute. I split that with the hashtag somewhere library because I know they check it. I just, I just okay. know it. <laughs> somewhere you hear a distant gong ringing in the library. Yep. <laughs> that's, the, that's their sploot alerts. Yeah. They have one terminal where they check sploot and the tweets are announced via gong. Dong. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, Claire, around you, the battle for the somewhere public library rages on. You can see rapidly growing roots are pushing out through the ornate stone-tiled floor, reaching upward to swat and grasp at swarms of books flitting and fluttering through the space. Down one corner, you see a newly sprouted pitcher plant engulf an oversized encyclopedia like a pelican. Down another, a burgeoning thicket of whip-sharp stalks is cut down by a flock of novellas. And amidst the din, you hear the distant sound of hissing and, and hushing of librarians prowling the halls. What do you do? I pick up the nearest book, a big hefty one that looks important. Roll plus chaos. Then I don't pick up the book. (laughs) Instead, I pull out a matchbox, light a match, stand with the match over the book and say, Walker, you know I'm no fan of the library, but uh, it's time to let me in on what phase two is here. What's the end game? One of the roots that has broken through the floor worms its way over towards you until it's pretty much right next to your hand. I kneel down to it to meet it at eye level. It high fives you. Okay. And as it high fives you, you hear within your head walker's voice say, hey, nice job. (laughs) Thank you. Now, uh, you need to let a butt in on what exactly 
you know, you say you want the knowledge, but what for? So it's, it's time to let me in on what I've helped you start here. I mean, this isn't like the best time, Claire, really, to, to talk about this. Uh, mm, ooh, that stings a little bit. It's, it, it's for Rudy. It's, it's all for Rudy, okay? Mm. Rudy asked you to do this? I mean, not in so many words. I'm more for him. I'm doing it for Rudy. Is Rudy going to be mad that you did this for him? No, Rudy, he'll be, he'll be thrilled. Hmm. Rudy's my bud. I wouldn't make Rudy mad. Right, but you know, sometimes you do things for folks that you know is in their best interest, even if they don't understand it at the moment. You know, it's, it's for the best, that whole thing. Tough love. No. Ow, jeez. Uh, no, uh, not that. Okay. How is this for Rudy? What does it what does it mean to Rudy? I know you're in the middle of a fight, but look, like y- you got to understand, like if I'm going to be permanently banned from the library. <laughs> okay. Uh, look, if I'm going to like get in some sort of hot water with the bureaucracy, I got to know why. I'm trying to think if this should be a move, and I think it should be. Okay. It's not a perfect thing here, but why don't you give me a roll to gather information? Okay. Walker's faction is entropy, so go ahead and give me a roll plus entropy. <laughs> That's a good old nine. On a seven to nine, you learn something interesting, but it's up to you to make it useful. Hmm. I think the Walker vine coils around itself a couple times and taps itself a little bit pensively and then touches your fingertip again and you hear them say, Claire, I'd be happy to talk more about this later, but I can tell you there's a lot of knowledge in all of these books, knowledge that the bureaucracy would love for us not to have our hands on vis-a-vis our mutual friend, Rudy. So would you please help me in bringing this knowledge in to our fold and throwing some dirt in the bureaucracy's eye? Hmm. Okay, then. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll chat more later. I'll, I'll let you get back to what you're doing. Remember... Let's avoid the murder. I'm trying, Claire. I'm doing my best. Hey, if you feel like you're hitting that point, just throw them my way. No, I'm just mm, just in a lot of pain. Just in a lot of pain, Claire. Where? Just a lot of pain. Make sure I don't kill anyone. For you. That's what friendship's all about. Growth together. And then I do a little pinky promise with the root and do the thing where you kiss the other side. I think it's at this moment that a flock of books comes sailing by and cuts down the vine that you're talking to Walker on. Now I'm going to... Okay, before I react to that... (laughs) Now I'm mad. (laughs) Well, yeah, a little bit, yes. I'm like, all right then. And I drop the match on the book next to me and I walk kind of into the center of things. What I would love to do is... Can I get a sense of where Walker is focused? Like, is there like a front line of vines pushing into a certain space? Like, what is Walker going for most? I think you got kind of a, like, not a a full sort of tactical map, but like a, a sense of things. And you know the pressure point right now, the place where they're really feeling the burn, is in the head librarian's office for mm. obvious reasons. All right, so I so I can see that the head librarian's office. I assume that there's like a, a circular information desk where general librarians usually would sit. Yes. No, mm. I don't think so. Actually, the public library is not. Mm, it's not very public. Welcoming. <laughs> sure. 
Okay. Is there any kind of other than the library, which maybe I just need to end up going to the head librarian. But before I get there, I want to see, is there any kind of standalone desk space where there is a computer, where there is like archives? You know, like when you go to a library, the librarian that is usually sitting behind a desk can look up a book for you, even if that's not a service that they provide for the general public here, uh, which I imagine it might not be. There must be like a location where they have their archiving system. Is there any of that outside of the head librarian's office, like a desk or something I see? Why don't you give me a roll to assess reality? Okay. Okay, that's nine minus my wit. That's an eight. (laughs) (laughs) On a seven to nine, hold one. What's my best route to an archive system? Sure. So I think a combination of things you maybe have gleaned or know about the library and what you're seeing on the ground. The Summer Public Library's system is rather arcane and esoteric in terms of organization and archiving. It's not organized or centralized in a way that I think would make sense to normal people. Your goal is to mess up their organizational system. Am I understanding right? What I was imagining doing was going to whatever the somewhere library equivalent of their book lookup directory is, look up the term Rudy, and then start splooting photos of everything behind the desk to just get it out there uh, (laughs) and cause chaos for both the library and simultaneously be able to gather some information on Rudy for later. Oh, interesting. Mm. Okay. And I am mass splooting this info out into the world. Yeah. Oh, do you want to use your bimble sploot? (gasps) Yeah. But first, let's see how we get there. Interesting. Yeah. So, Claire, I think what you understand is that the core, the underlying organizational system of the library is that all of these books are empty of words. They're bereft of textual meaning. They contain memories and thoughts and stories. And the underpinning for this system is the void, which is contained in the head librarian's office, which is basically a entropic power that works for or with, it's not abundantly clear, the bureaucracy. It is a empty maw in search always of new thoughts, new ideas, new memories. So if you wanted to sort of access the core or the mainframe, you'd want to get to the void itself, which is, in fact, in the head librarian's office. Okay. In that case, as I make my way over to the head librarian's office, I'm going to start humming a song from the code compliance book Mm -hmm. that I have. And it is an internal alarm for all city entities or town entities to know that an entropic horror is fast approaching. So it's almost like a like an internal tornado alarm. Mm-hmm. And I am attempting okay. to cause a distraction by humming. Yeah, it's it's the emergency warning tone signal. Yes, but for <laughs> internal entities. Uh-huh. And it would be very yeah. strange for me to know it. It's the emergency broadcast signal. <laughs> yes. Can I hum? Mmm, that's a good question. No. Okay. You cannot. (laughs) Then I'm going to pick up a ruler, because we are in a library. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to start tapping it out as I walk towards the head librarian's office. Give me a roll to hoodwink. I think take a minus one, because you're trying to 
Morse code in the middle of a battle. Yeah, except that I get to roll plus chaos instead of plus you cheat do. when I hoodwink. Because you are unfathomable. This sure is. Un- <laughs> <laughs> this is unfathomable. <laughs> All right. That would have been a seven, but with Oof. a minus one, it's a six. Thank you very much. On a miss, you might find yourself caught, trapped, or otherwise in hot water. Oh, oh just in water? Oh, that's fine. That's not too bad. No, uh, it's hot water, though, which, as we know, is Claire's one weakness. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think what happens, Claire, is you get almost all the way there. This emergency broadcast works for a while. I think you hear librarians shuffling away. The books don't. They don't seem to take any note, but the librarians do stay off of your path. And with Walker's support, you're able to get to the head librarian's office. Unfortunately, as you approach the over-large, double oak, dark-stained doors, ornately carved with a bas-relief that seems to depict an army of librarians triumphing over a incomprehensible foe, <laughs> the doors swing open, and a massive figure ducks underneath the arch doorway and steps out towards you. They are wearing a all-black cowl, the hood pulled up, shrouding their face, but you can see a pair of baleful, glowing eyes, their limbs spindly and all too long, standing almost 20 feet tall, what you can only imagine to be the head librarian. And it has you square in its sights as it steps out from its chamber. Ah, Claire. Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) Hey folks, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode 16 of Monster Hour Absurdia. I hope you all have been turning in your library books on time because the late fees are unforgettable. As always, I want to thank everyone who's taken the time to leave us a rating and review, give us a shout on social media, and recommend the show to a friend. We are almost up to 150 ratings on Spotify, which is awesome and helps us land those coveted recommended for you spots in front of people's eyeballs. So if you haven't already done so, we'd love it if you would uh, drop us a rating review, give us some some stars, help uh, power up our broadcast and boost that signal. A special shout out this week to the newest members of WSM's Eternal Pledge Drive, Tykin and Raoon. Thank you to all our smart, beautiful and talented patrons for supporting the show and helping us bring you awesome bonus content. We just posted my GM notes for ARC 2, which includes the full syllabus for our Somewhere Elementary shenanigans. If you want to check it out and help support the show while you're doing it, you can head over to patreon.com slash monsterhour or follow the link in the show notes. And if you're still hungry for content, you ravenous audiophiles, you, I'm delighted to let you know that I'm joining an awesome cast of folks from different podcasts for an actual play of Unreal, a game of supernatural horror set in a surreal season of Big Brother. We are playing the whole game through video diary entries on Instagram, so be sure to follow us at MonsterRPod on the camera app if you want to follow along. Speaking of that game, our community spotlight this week is the fabulous group that organized it, Merely Roleplayers. Merely Roleplayers is an improvised audio drama where tabletop games decide the characters' fates. They have a whole playbill of stories, including their recurring Monster of the Week campaign, Vigil. Life's a game. The world's a stage. And we're merely role players. Now playing in the main house, 
Vigil. It's true. My department has abandoned this town and left you to fend for yourselves against your worst nightmares. But I promise I'm not going anywhere and I'm asking you to join me. Your neighbours never need to wake up and remember their nightmares because we'll be there, keeping watch. Vigil, a Merely Roleplayers production. Search for Merely Roleplayers wherever you find podcasts. Maximum drama guaranteed. That's all we've got for you this week, dear listeners. Tune in February 7th for the next broadcast of WSOM Radio Somewhere. Duncan Oliver. Yes, hello. You have stepped out into the cool, crisp somewhere evening air, exiting the first bank of somewhere with your starter money management kit from Eric the Teller. Bento box of envelopes. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. You've got your envelopes, your larger sort of package, and your scale for weighing money in case it gets too Mm -hmm. close to amalgamating. From my new good friend, Eric. Yeah, Eric the Teller. Eric Bemo. (laughs) Eric Bemo. And you step out. Where to? If I recall correctly, when we all split, the thought was that it was a back alley direct, like the Clunkinax was heading to the back alley. And I came here to try to find information and tools that could help us against the clunkin' axe. And so all I've got to go on is maybe they're in the back alley. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I've tucked the bento box under my arm and take a couple deep breaths. Go, okay, okay. Uh, and I start jogging once again. All right. You start jogging and uh, you really don't get too terribly far before something catches your eye. I say, let go. Yeah, uh, it lets go of your eye. Thank you. Streaming down the street is a pale, foamy liquid. Hmm. It starts as a small trickle. You notice it in the main street. But as you continue along, it grows, it thickens into a sheet of watery liquid. And before long, it is spilling over your shoes on the sidewalk. Yeah, I crouch down at that and kind of... Give it a little analysis, sniff it, take a re- one of my many reporter's pencils, number two, shaved just so, and kind of poke it in there. It's thin, it's watery. There's some foam on the top, you can see as it's pouring over. Yeah, I want to give it a sniff, and if it doesn't seem to corrode my shoes or, or my pencil, I dip a little pinky finger in there and go... And t- touch it yeah. to my tongue, a little quick taste. It smells and tastes of malt with just a hint of hops it's beer normal brewing (laughs) i hold my box carefully and i do that thing where when you run along like a a sidewalk in rainy seattle up here and you have to kind of every other step do a really (laughs) big step to get over puddles and and things in the Uh rain yeah you're sloshing and slogging a pair of rain boots would be really helpful right now my socks are getting all beery again (laughs) It's the third time this week. This has to stop Um, happening. As you see a flood of normal brewing beer gushing down Main Street. Holy crap. Uh, Is anybody else out here? Yeah, I think you see a couple people on their doorsteps looking out. And I do think you see one person kind of surfing down the the wave, they're riding the wave. 
They seem to be having a pretty good time, but you could see how it might get worse. I take a moment to just appreciate the artistry of what that person is doing. Yeah, they throw up a hang ten. Hell yeah, I give I throw a, sh- a little shaka back. Wow, party on, bro! Do I see the source of it? Is it coming from Normal Brewing? Yeah, you look up ahead and you see towering over all the other buildings of Main Street. At first, it looks like a water tower. In fact, it registers as that to you at first until you remember that somewhere doesn't have a water tower. Mm -mm. What you see is a five or six story fermentation tank. Oh my gosh. When did that get there? I yell to the general air. The air whispers back, hey man, I don't know. (sighs) I thought you were paying attention. Somebody has to. Oh, sorry, man. I was uh, doing (laughs) other stuff. All right, keep it breezy. I was hanging out with my buddy Smoke, if you know what I mean. Where? Uh, out <laughs> at the bay. <laughs> okay, bud. We thought about inviting Fog, but he's kind of a downer. Okay. I forgot how tiresome it is to talk to air. I'm, I, <laughs> I kind of wave my hand in the air and want to kind of huff it. Maybe I have to crawl around, like, get off Main Street and double back to get around to the uh, keg. You can see this flood of beer is not just on Main Street. It's, like, all the streets. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any particular risk here at this point. And, yeah, up ahead, Duncan, you see normal brewing. uh, About half of the roof sort of taken out and an enormous fermentation tank bursting at the seams, spilling beer out into the street and surrounding area. I hold my bento bank box up over my head to keep it dry <laughs> as I kind of wade into normal brewing. I'm looking for Jeremy. Fucking Jeremy, is he around? Why don't you give me a roll to assess reality here? Assess beerality. Hey! Lock it, lock it in. That's my joke today. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> Eight plus one, nine. Hold one. Man, I do want to know who or what is really in control here. Where the heck did this come from? What is happening? Yeah. So you look around and you don't immediately see Jeremy. I think normal brewing is empty. (laughs) There's no one here as you sort of (laughs) peer in. Empty of everything but beer. Well, no, it's flooded with beer, actually. (laughs) Right. In fact, I don't think you could even get in, really. It's like chest or head level of normal brew. (laughs) Oof. But I think you can see floating on a small raft not too far away, a trio of, they look kind of like code compliance officers, but not so nondescript. You can actually see they do have sort of discernible faces, but Mm -hmm. they're clearly members of the bureaucracy Mm -hmm. kind of wearing you know, staid, unimaginative suits. Mm -hmm. And they're holding up what appear to be reams of like printer paper bearing spreadsheets and tables. And you can see the numbers starting to sort of float off of the page and make their way slowly towards the water tower fermentation tank. And I think you can tell they're not necessarily in control, but what these people are, are accountants. They're members of the somewhere city finance department. Hmm. Who or what is really in control here, Duncan? The economy. Huh. Uh. Hmm. Duncan does a thick think about, okay, beer tower, big value, less? More beer, flooding market of beer. Hmm. I whistle at the accountants. 
Hey, uh, citizen in distress. And holding my box in my head, I, w- I wave toward their raft as I kind of flounder about in the beer. Give me a sway roll <laughs> to see if the bureaucracy cares about you. You've offered them a convincing reason, which is that you're a citizen in distress. That's that's. But they're also busy. That's my goal. Six plus two is eight. On a seven nine, they'll do it, but I will choose an option from the list below. They want more than what you're offering. They demand payment up front. They have a better idea for achieving mm-hmm. your goal, or they stall and dither for a while. I think the last one. Okay. Which is, you see one of them kind of like look your way, and they're holding up a ream of printer paper with all of these symbols on it, and they just kind of like hold out one finger, like, just wait, just wait a minute, like one, one minute, and they go back to what they're doing. I don't wait a minute. <laughs> As this happens, you hear a horrible groan of metal and a fount, a massive spray of normal brew erupts from the fermentation tank and starts spraying all over the area. I do a quick check. Uh, This box is sealed as much as it will be, and I try to just keep it above the water, but I want to splash and try to swim up to their raft and toss the box up on the raft and then hoist myself up. Hey, what are you doing? Unsteadily, I wobble it all over the place. It's against the municipal code for citizens to be on an accounting raft. Help, <laughs> I, I, I just, hold on. I'm going to have it's, to file like 18 so forms. so much beer out here. I'm getting so wet. Come on, let me up. 20, wait, let you're wet? Up. 20 forms. My socks are all soggy. Let me on the raft. <laughs> ah, socks. I 26 tip, forms. Yeah, I tipped the raft over on accident, probably. <laughs> uh, on accident or on purpose? Uh, on accident, I'm not, it's a clumsy move to try to get up on a raft with three other people. Uh, I don't think the raft tips over. If you want it to tip over, you need to do it on purpose. Okay, 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 okay. I would, I mean, I would love to be on the raft. It's a remarkably sturdy raft. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you you pull yourself up. I would get on the raft. Yeah. And now I'm holding the box over my head for the beer rain. Oh God, 26 forms. Uh, And just yelling over it. What, I, uh, I tap my badge. Press, press. Press. Press, what happened 57 here? 57 forms. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to go over all of those forms and what they entail in detail, but I need to know what happened here. It's the economy. What a, What about, is it, is it worth <laughs> too much? It's spiraling out of control. Oh my God. I squat down, uh, cross leg on the raft. I pop up on my little box. I pull one envelope out. And I try to just scoop up some beer in the envelope. I think the accountant who was like holding up a hand towards you looks down and says, that won't help at all. This isn't money. It's it's the effects of the economy and it's wrath. How, what can we do about it? What are you doing about it? We're trying to contain it, but the inflation is out of control. Oh, geez. Well, I can see that. We need to tell everyone to buy more oh, beer. Oh, God, what's that? Wait. <laughs> the accountant points up and you see a figure scaling the fermentation tank with a pair of what look like ice axes, but they're like the things that you would break up ice with at a bar. And you see climbing atop of this massive water tower of beer, one Jeremy Dunlap. Oh my God, that mad lad. What is he? What is he doing? Oh my God. the pressure, of course. 
around you, you hear like the faint sound of money being printed, like coins clinking together and a cash machine. As you've realized now, these little wisps of smoke that are coming off of the printer paper are actually numbers and you see them sort of floating off and circling around this massive fermentation tank. But it's unclear if what these accountants are doing is having any actual impact. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The interest rates, they do nothing. (laughs) Presumed value of all this fake money has gone out of control. Back to a commodities market. (laughs) I don't have a a sploot, though I guess I can't stop the signal to sploot message everywhere to everyone. That is a move you have. Yeah, I'll sploot a broadcast from WSOM, a community update to divest your holdings in capital gains. <laughs> Man, this is, just, this is starting to sound like Duncan's just saying buy gold, which is not what I'm going for. <laughs> buy pogs. Buy pogs. They're the only thing that has real value in this world. Yeah, yeah. There's too much supply. There's too much supply of beer. Kyle, me, Kyle, is too dumb for this puzzle. Everyone, I splute to everyone to go and drink beer in the streets. I mean, in plain terms, Duncan or Kyle, what's what's happened is the economy is mad, and so it's causing inflation. Mm-hmm. And the thing that is currently inflating is this fermentation tank. Physically inflating. Yeah. Yes. Inflation is a physical thing yeah, <laughs> that yeah. happens to certain things. So maybe you need to deal with it in a physical way. You also know that the economy being out of whack is a symptom of the Klunkenax. I don't want it to like explode or dump beer all over the radio station. <laughs> so maybe I can try to, this is starting to sound like embrace chaos, but I might go for it. Try to encourage this inflation to affect the holding tank attached to the fermentation tank. So for a brewery, the fermentation tank builds up the beer. So I make a big keg. <laughs> Interesting. How, what does this look like exactly? Well, the accountants are doing all their whispering number things. Yeah. So I think this is maybe a, because I, Duncan, I don't know how these numbers work. I don't know how to make the account. I can't take the accountant's spreadsheets and bend them to my own will, but I can maybe convince them to do it. So I say, Wouldn't a strategic reserve of beer be a benefit to the somewhere municipal security? The head accountant looks at you and says, are you suggesting that we that we try to control the inflation rather than appease the economy? That's not within my purview. If you if you if you want to try that, you're on your own, mister. I'm not sticking my neck out for you. And they shove uh, a ream of printer paper into your hand. Give me a roll to embrace chaos. Yeah, I crack my knuckles and <laughs> start pushing buttons and twisting knobs. This is my reminder that you can push yourself if you would like to. Yeah, I would love to push myself on, on okay. this embrace chaos. Now, embrace chaos is my fractured move. Oh, yes. Okay, so remind me what your fracture is. My fracture is obsession. Got so it. this okay. maybe feeds into or pulls from all of this bureaucratic research that Duncan has been doing primarily around the the screaming fog, but he's sure spent many a late night reading inscrutable documents that either he has achieved through the foyer requests, only documents foyer. from the foyer. foyer. <laughs> no! 
sorry. I, I was going to use FOIA as my weapon against the head librarian. <laughs> I was literally going to take out pieces of paper and write FOIA book. FOIA librarian. <laughs> FOIA Randy. FOIA paper. And just bury them in FOIA requests. Although I know, you know, folks, it's not FOIA. It's, that's federal. Oh, I mean, I guess we don't know what somewhere officially, whatever. Anyway, fine. I'll find a new weapon. You guys. Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. See, I've I've made it. <laughs> I've made it real too soon. Ah! <laughs> okay, so when you make a fractured move, you mark experience on a miss, and you mark essence on a success. Oh, right. So this might be a double essence roll. Yeah. So if you're pushing yourself, if you get a full success, then you do mark essence. So just yeah, I've got the for that. yeah, I've got the space for it. Okay. Fingers crossed. Feeling good. Good rolls. Uh, good rolls. Drop the one. That's a nine minus one. Eight. Eight. Hey. Woo. On I... a seven to nine, you choose one and then I choose one. Uh, well, the one I'm going to choose is briefly wield this power's effect. Seems like a good one. What does it look like? I'd like to use inflation to make an inflated keg to store the beer. So it has a release valve that it can go to. It looks like I've grabbed all the the spreadsheets and I'm very chaotically flipping and looking at both sides and just get kind of overwhelmed. And instead, I just kind of like toss all the spreadsheets away and rattle off numbers that seem to come through me. And we see in sort of the the middle of normal brewing company, a giant keg erupt. And the fermentation tank, which had been literally bursting at the seams, starts to retract. And you see all the founts of normal beer begin to subside until they're just drips on the ground. (sighs) I sit back down on the raft and kind of cradle my little box and just go, what the? How did I do that? Jeremy, what the heck? And for my choice, Duncan... Oh no. Uh-huh. Oh no. I'm going to choose. <laughs> I forgot. You fan the flames of this power. Oh god. Oh boy. As you shout that and you see a human figure begin to swell to enormous size as Normal Brewing Company's owner and proprietor, Jeremy Dunlap, becomes a kaiju before your eyes. Oh no. Jeremy, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> 